Hello, Franchexians, and welcome to the Into Final Space podcast. For those joining me for the first time, my name is Gabe Jones, and I'm your host, bringing you exclusive fan experiences and cast and crew interviews from Adult Swim's Final Space. For some awesome episodes, including Olin Rogers himself, check out the Into Final Space podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. So, what's happening in this episode? Well, we're in a bit of a transitional period here on the podcast. Into Final Space Volume 2 is coming very soon with some new fan opportunities, artist interactions, theories and predictions, and of course, brand new interviews. A bunch of information on that stuff will be coming very soon, but right now we're wrapping up this season with a short series called Season 2 in Review. I've invited back some of your favorite guests and one brand new one to talk about your favorite parts of Season 2. Today, I am joined by one of the most talented artists I've had the pleasure of meeting. Let me welcome Final Space Art Director Devin Roth, Devo, to the show. All right, Devo, welcome back to Into Final Space. Uh, joining me via Skype, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, dude. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Uh, first of all, let me say thank you for an incredible season. Um, thank for me you. The, uh, the art was impeccable over the entire season. I loved every moment. Awesome, thanks. Yeah, I... I was so so happy, so proud with uh, with the the hard work that everybody did with the show. You know, from our amazing design team, story team, directors, production, everything uh, on the the Shadow Machine side to the insanely talented, amazing. I can't I can't say anymore how awesome Jamfield is as an animation studio and the work that they do. But they really, you know, executed the work really really well to the uh you know nth, nth degree and uh i i you know i'm i'm really proud proud in my my stage of my career that i'm able to to work with so much talent and uh collaborate on making something really dope for the viewers to watch well thank you for all your hard work yeah man all right so season two in review is really kind of about the the fan track scenes out there and what they want to here, so I had them submit some info to a questionnaire. Um, so you and I are just gonna dive into that a little bit, uh, talk about some of your thoughts and your responses, uh, the good, the bad, and the incredible. Yeah. Um, but first, I had them pick out their favorite episode. Um, just Ooh. for a note, uh, runner up was uh, chapter 14, uh, which took 28.6 percent. Uh, Ooh, that's a runner-up, huh? Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought four would probably be everyone's favorite, but I I personally love <laughs> it. But um, yeah, chap- chapter nineteen uh, took the cake with uh, thirty-five point seven percent responding cool. that that was their pro- their favorite. So um, we're gonna talk about the closer you get, just a little bit, uh, okay. if you don't mind. Um, yeah. So in addition to being one of the more emotional episodes, of course, of the season, uh, closer you get seemed like a very design challenging uh episode uh including a lot of really interesting character designs so if you don't mind we can get into that a little bit um, yeah so can you tell us a little bit of like the, the origins of you know starting to work on this episode you know going back to the story and you know what you first had to think about when making chapter 19 um well we knew we knew that chapter 19 was going to be a fun episode to work on because all the we you know the the episodes where we could kind of be a little bit more sci-fi in the sense of going into those kind of deeper stel- uh, those deeper storytelling moments of of telling emotional uh, horror slash 
uh, adventure tales um, yeah. is always more interesting to us than telling gaggy type of stories. At least, at least I think to to Ben and I. Um, but um, you know, I I I actually tend to get overly excited on this occasion because it, it just reminds me of of movies that I've you know grew up loving and uh things that I was always inspired by and by and trying to you know make whatever my version of that would be in the cartoon form um so it's it's more of an opportunity to kind of explore um high concept uh almost comic book like ideas yeah of uh of doing um visual storytelling and this isn't this episode isn't really the most complex episode as far as design if if you look at you know episodes like episode 11 you know where we're doing a a chase in a in a city and have to worry about crazy buildings and <laughs> yeah you know high levels of detail and stuff like that those are those episodes types of episodes are a little bit more taxing taxing yeah um but it doesn't necessarily that's more of like an adventure kind of fun vibe right um whereas uh episode nine you you get to kind of bounce around to all different types of um genres mostly horror sci-fi and um some sort of emotional drama yeah yeah, definitely. And personally, I'd like to see more, you know, emotionally driven dramas in American animation, um, just because otherwise it it, it it kind of borders the the fence lining of anime yeah. and Western animation. Yeah, which yeah. It'd be it'd be it'd be more. I don't know. I think it'd be nicer to have that that sort of influence on anime but also trying to create something that is different for american audiences or just audiences around the world in general yeah and i think that's what draws in a lot of western audiences to anime is it does have a lot of that that deeper underlying emotional story to it um, well i almost think that you know western you know uh companies networks and and stuff like that think that kids won't really understand or won't find the 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 drama aspect of storytelling interesting as as much as they would um enjoy the the slapsticky humor of of like a family guy episode right you know so that that kind of rubs me the wrong way and i'm i'm glad we're in this sort of uh streaming culture right now where there's all these opportunities for for new content to get made yeah, yeah. and for 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 people and creators to to push the envelope of of the way things were done in the past yeah absolutely um so for this episode uh talk about a little bit of you know kind of the the major designs and uh some of the the cooler pieces of this episode um starting with the uh the the major design for the Clearwater Planet and uh, the Time Waterfall, which are really cool design aspects, I've thought. Yeah, so um, a lot of these these ideas, which I, I said are are mostly um, they're the they're the most sci-fi parts of of Final Space. You know, mostly most of the time the you know the script comes across 
the supervising director's plate and uh he has to and this is a ben episode so you know ben ben tends to love these episodes more often yeah. any anything that's a little bit darker sci-fi usually comes from ben and uh um he 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 and i shared an office for season two and both of us didn't know what the heck we wanted <laughs> to do with a lot of this <laughs> stuff because a lot of the 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 ideas in the script were so out there that we were trying to figure out okay uh in the script it says there's a waterfall in space so how the <laughs> heck are we going to show that how is that even going to work you know so a lot of the times with that um we while ben is trying to figure out the the um the flow of the episode and figure out what type of um visuals um he wants to portray i we i get to work with the artists and start to kind of uh, brainstorm a little bit with what we want to put into the show so a lot of the things that you know ben wanted in the episode he would do a couple you know quick thumbnails especially for like phil you know yeah. phil's a phil's an awesome character design and yeah i was i was actually gonna ask you know moving into sort of the horror the aspects of of that episode and you know with the the big giant black guides and the the death tree and then moving on to fill some of the those more ambitious character designs yeah you know and and uh um th those those ideas were ideas that you know um him and i were passing back and forth and uh and then we'd you know because we like this to be a collaborative method of working with the other talent you know because we have a, a huge pool of talent working on the right. show so it would be silly of us to not utilize it as much as possible and get as many ideas on the board yeah. um rather than it just being like we're the ones that make the decisions this is subjective art blah 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 blah. we want contribution yeah. in making the project so you know adam fay was given the task to uh help solidify phil's design and he had some really great ideas based off of these like little sketches and thumbnails that we were coming up with um in internally while figuring out the story and stuff like that and uh you know we 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 let them have as much fun as possible because adam is a veteran at this point of final yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's been there <laughs> since the beginning and he's he you know pulls a lot of the heavy lifting of of the the, the character design nowadays and uh, we definitely wouldn't be able to get through a lot of this stuff was if it wasn't for the you know the awesome design team that's able to to um, really solidify these ideas onto the screen you know and and uh, I I usually try to jump into all the thumbnails that we get through the board artists and try to visualize how the flow of the tonally color and and whatnot is going to to come out yeah. So things like the the waterfall that's that's kind of my my bread and butter and you know um, Annette uh, Huckle, she was one of our um, main uh, background painters. She 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 has been a, a workhorse just like Adam since the the very beginning, and she's done a lot of the the really really um, intense sequences in in Final Space as far as painting. But she'll, you know, she'll take a lot of my keys, my key colors, as as far as like what I want to to show in the in the shot, and she'll kind of she'll go and expand on it a little bit more. 
And when I interviewed you the first time, you talked mm-hmm. a little bit about how you were really amb- ambitious for the the color scripts that you had this season. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the color scripts, you know, the whole, and I think I don't know if I explained the the whole reasoning behind doing these types of color scripts, but a lot of times in television, you don't really get the opportunity to do color scripts because these schedules are just so quick, quick, and we have yeah. to get designs done uh, in like two weeks <laughs> normally. <laughs> and when you have a hundreds of designs to get through in a short amount of time, you have to be clear about the ideas right off the bat. So that's the great thing about Olin and, and Ben is them trusting me to, to have uh, an understanding of what the visual cues in each episode are. And because they, they, they like my, you know, approach to, to color and design and stuff like that, they more or less just kind of let me do my thing with this. Uh, but I, I, you know, I tend to, to go towards more vibrant, um, color with intense yeah. sort of yeah, yeah. undertones to it, and um, uh, yeah, and I I I kind of always stick to the same type of palette palettes that that best describe who I am as an artist. You know, with like the pinks and uh, the yeah. vibrant colors and stuff like that. I try to create like a visual, you know, um, um, book for how this um, show is made. You know, so. If you were to look at and describe certain parts of Final Space, you, you could pick out certain things that really stick out about sure, the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, I think that's just how you have to make content is you have to kind of think of it more as like a, like a not, not necessarily like a brand, but like what, what's the voice of the show. Sure, yeah. And I, I really think that really stands out with Final Space because I mean, thinking back to the season, you, you remember you know, stuff like the Time Waterfall, you remember... Um, the spaceport you remember um gary's dream sequence so it's a lot of those really vibrant colors those bright blues and pinks and mm-hmm. um and that's what really pe- people see when they when they look at final space is uh, those those parts that stand out i will tell you an interesting story with the uh um uh with final space in episode nine because we didn't know we've never seen final space really Right, I was going to ask about, yeah, this is our, our first glimpse of Final Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've never really seen Final Space before. And both Ben and I and Olin didn't really know exactly what type of imagery we would see in the world. And I think my some of my, my pitches in the room were, it should kind of feel like this weird world where you don't know what's up and what's down what's right what's wrong you know sort of thing um i kind of just wanted it to be more of like a visual sort of have some sort of visual eeriness to it that could that could kind of be open-ended to people asking more questions than anything yeah um, at the beginning and then you know and hopefully later down the line in season three or or whatever that we would you know, lean into some of those ideas a little bit more. So the, the, I had this idea and the inspiration came from a doctor's appointment um, when I was getting my eyes checked. So I, you know, I'm my, my, I've been staring at, you know, computer screens for majority of my 20 year career in animation. And, you know, my eyes have been getting a little bit blurry just in certain parts and so i've had to you know wear glasses a little bit more and that sort of thing 
and um, I was getting my eyes checked, and the checkup came came out great. And I don't know, do you wear glasses at all, Gabe? Do you? Yeah, yeah, I do. So, do you know when you go and you get you you know they take that photograph of your eye? Yeah, yeah. And you could see all the veins. Mm-hmm. It's like and a super that, microscopic. Yeah, and the colors the are usually design. like yeah, yeah, green and red. Yeah. Yeah. So I I looked at that photo. I'd ne- I'd never had a photo like that before, and I said, "Man, this is such a cool image. It looks it looks like a like a nebula, like a some sort of um, otherworldly uh, space item." Yeah. And uh, I I took that and I sent it to Olin. I said, "Dude, we should do this." as the background <laughs> we should use this as <laughs> I see it. as I quinn see it when quinn's floating with all the other you know dead dead gary's that this could be the eeriness you know and maybe maybe in the future we can explore those veins and maybe they're like you know big worlds within that and stuff like that like we could kind of traverse uh in the future um and that that goes into the that more high concept sort of matrixy type of thing yeah, you know that uh, I like to explore a little bit, but I think you know, you know, you're you're imitating, you know, art imitates life, and uh, a lot of sometimes inspiration doesn't just come from other movies or other art; it just comes from things that you come across in your a- average everyday life sort of um, sequence. But that's cool. Yeah, you know, that's uh, final space is actually in my eye. <laughs> so I have a little Quinn in my eyeball right now looking out, <laughs> just yeah. begging to get out. Yeah. Well, now you have the whole crew, right? I mean, season's right. We got everybody in there now. I know. The whole gang. The whole gang is there. Yep. And so uh, I'm going back to Chapter 9 a little bit. Um, I think probably one of the, the scariest and coolest is the uh, the Invictus uh, possession of Gary. Mm-hmm. Um really fun to watch and the uh the kato fight scene yeah um, was impeccably animated um so you want to talk about that a little bit that'd be awesome i mean um i i i gotta hand it to the board artists uh for coming up uh with some really really interesting fight sequences that were more dynamic and less flat um and big you know big kudos to, to jamfeld for taking that even further with insanely smooth animation that just felt like it was coming out of a uh, awesome anime. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah, like that's a, a that's really episode good. or yeah. something. Um, but yeah, you know, um, again, the 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 whole energy of Invictus is is kind of again in that sort of pink realm of things where. Like I said, I think some of my favorite color palettes are, you know, using pinks, reds, blacks, um, vibrant colors that kind of pop, uh, more or less. I know, I know a lot of sci-fi tends to be now, or at least sci-fi nowadays tends to be a little bit on the colder side, but I kind of like, you know, movies that, or sci-fi movies that really pushed the neon, uh, yeah. colors of things and i think you know um i'm a big fan of like tony scott movies like true romance um is one of my favorite movies of all time uh john carpenter again you know all those john carpenter movies the thing stuff like that that 
um, intensifies colors for certain moments, I, th- yeah, I, yeah. I always lean towards. And also anime, too. You know, um, a lot of the blown out lights that you see in Final Space, things that are kind of like, you know, if you l- look outside, there's a moment, I think, in episode two or three with Ash sitting at her her bed and you, you see behind her window and it's just kind of like a blown out white fluorescent light things like that i wanted to push more in the show and i was really inspired by you know in movies like akira and stuff like that if you look at those movies where they do you know neo tokyo and they they have that sort of you know obviously that 80s undertone with the neon lights and the very very like flushed out green colors and stuff like that those are things that i i'm really influenced by um i'm I'm all over the place when it comes to my inspirations. It's it's film, it's anime, it's animation, comics, uh, music. It's it's a little bit of everything. I try to be very open minded when it comes to learning about new things or seeing new things. Yeah, and I think uh, all that kind of led to you know, fan trackings really just have been incredible way of uh combining words to to make new words when it comes to this fandom uh so you know we had uh invocado come along kind of wrap up that episode <laughs> yeah um but yeah I, I think close you get was was probably one of my favorite episodes and it was an ex- exceptional job from the art team um yeah yeah we had um you know everybody was uh on point there and uh um i like when we can get into a good groove with with our painting and you know, a lot of times, too, is, you know, we'll have um, people come in and come out of the show, you know, on the production. If they get, you know, opportunities on other productions that they want to follow, then, you know, we, yeah. we give them that opportunity to do that. Um, because I've definitely been in that position where I've had to leave a show after a couple seasons because I wanted to um, pursue my dreams of what I want to be as an artist. Sure. Um, but it, it, it also brings us a, uh, it gives us a good opportunity to, um, bring in new talent that might see things a little bit differently and have some, um, some fresh ideas that I think makes final space unique. And, um, I think that's, what's so cool about this community coming from internally with, with the artists that have, you know, um, as much freedom as they want when it comes to the designs of things to, to, to really explore and push themselves as artists to the online community of Fantrexians that get to talk to the creator almost on a daily basis about um, animation, film, and just their favorite show. I think that's great, and I wish um, more shows would, would kind of do that. Um, but it it's it's a very unique show to be a part of, to to have all this closeness with everybody that enjoys the same things that we internally enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we talked about everybody's favorite episode. Um, so now we're going to go to the questionnaire and just look at some people's favorite parts of this, the, uh, the art this season. Cool. Uh, and if you just want to, if I say something that, you know, just kind of pops into your head that you really want to talk about, um, please just let me know. Yeah. Um, no so it's just some of the notes um, from people. Um, I really love the colors and the environments. Everything felt so natural yet surreal. 
Um, not only was it a huge improvement from season one, but it really puts uh, the show above a lot of the other cartoons on television right now. Um, cool. Thank you. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Let's see. Uh, I really love how fluid the motion was this season. Uh, everything was very smooth. Uh, mm-hmm. So as always, Jamfield, great job. Yeah. You know, they, they um, I, I can't. I'm probably going to be uh, beating a dead horse as as often as I I talk to my uh, colleagues on on different projects in animation and just tell them how awesome Jamfield is as as a as a team, and uh, I I I can't wait to see what other projects they they jump into and they work on because I think they're really going to do some cool things for animation. Um, yeah. That I'm going to be inspired by and <laughs> I wish I could work with him for for a long time but you never know yeah um, I absolutely loved and adored the background art each new planet and location felt unique and interesting which I think Final Space does an exceptional job of, of not getting boring of where we're going each each episode of you know what and I don't know if you agree with me but do you feel like we spent less time in space this season it was a lot of terrestrial bound, yeah. I, yeah. I thought so as well. Yeah, because I feel like season one, we we really, really kind of experimented and explored with the the um, star fields of yeah, like, yeah. And I think some people missed that this season because yeah. I just a few of the people I've spoken to were like, uh, I, I missed the Hubble imagery from last season. Yeah, uh, but I think the, what did go on with the uh, the kind of planet bound of this season was really well done well i i kind of look at it in in a couple different ways i look at season one as kind of the alien and season two as aliens okay if that makes sense so yeah, season yeah. like alien as a movie i feel like is a little bit more artsy and a little bit more kind of figuring it itself out as far as the tonally what type of um film it wants to be you know it's more of a, a horror movie obviously and that sort yeah. of thing but um Tonally, I think it's slower. You know, I think it's it's hanging on uh, imagery a lot more. Whereas Aliens is more of your like action adventure um, focus on the characters. Right. Yeah, yeah. They're both great movies in my eye. Um, it's just one is a different genre than the other, and one chooses to focus on uh, the characters' um, adventure more than like what's going on internally with the characters on. The yeah. first movie. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, once again, a, a lot of uh, people are just fans of how fluid it was. Um, a lot of quick movement. Um, yeah. The yeah. That, the backgrounds always fabulous. I hope. I hope that um, you know, uh, we try when we when we create production art for Jamfield. I know um, the backgrounds can be a little bit tricky because. Um, there's a lot of technical things that you have to really worry about um, when you're creating art that is being made in Photoshop and then being transferred to uh, Harmony, which is the software that we use to animate or that Jamfield uses to animate um, yeah. Final Space. So there's that. The tough part is 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 technically trying to be on the same page when you're 
so far away from each other and um, trying to get things done as quickly as possible. So, you know, Jamfil did a really good job of taking the, the background work that we gave and trying to make sense of it as much as possible. Um, and, and it's one of those things where, you know, pipelines, production pipelines just have to, yeah. um, every season they, they get tighter and tighter and tighter. And as, as production flow gets easier to work with, you'll notice that the qualities of the shows get better and better and better as well. It's, it goes across the board with like any show, you know, yeah. you look at your, your favorite shows that are still around today with your Simpsons and whatnot. They all started at, at very different, um, artistic, um, settings, um, before they really figured out how to make the show properly. Sure. So, um, yeah, Jamfield does a really good job. And, and I, I, we try to make the designs, the character designs, especially uh, as simple as possible to make the performances better in animation. Because we, we want the animators to not have to worry about details as much sure. as worrying about the performance of the acting. So, you know, for, for instance, I think you'll see in, in, in a bunch of episodes that Gary's animation is just stellar. Like some of the acting that comes out of it is some of the best stuff I've ever seen in, in TV animation. Um, down to the just like the subtleties of eye movement, you know, expressions and and animators really having fun with the characters rather than just using the rigs and puppeting puppeting them around. You know, we're we're trying to make this a more tradis- tra- traditionally favored show than a, a puppeted type of show. Yeah. As much as possible. All right. So another thing that uh, was was praised that I'd also like to speak about is uh, somebody said when it almost looked 3D. Um, yeah. Uh, the the transition between 2D and 3D animation in Final Space is always exceptional. Um, yeah. You know, and that's something I've always um, been heavy on my. Uh, my soapbox at the, the you know at Shadow Machine was yeah. wanting to to make the the 3D work not look as obvious as you would see in in other shows and it's tricky dude it's so tricky yeah. to to come yeah. up with um, a 3D pipeline that doesn't feel super stiff and out of place um, and many shows have tried that you know tr- tried to to blend the two. But it's 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 different, you know. You've got things that are being animated on on ones against other organic things that are being animated on twos and threes. Um, and hopefully, people understand that animation term. But um, <laughs> uh, that's that that's where it gets tricky and um, and line weight issues. You know, trying to make you know the crimson light look like it was drawn with you know drawn lines and stuff like that yeah being able yeah. to mix with uh um it's it's kind of like you know you look at I'm, I'm gonna come back to jurassic park because i think that's just a, a great example of using all sorts of mediums to 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 make something to make a world feel tangible so you know you've got the t-rex who in that famous shot where he's coming out of his uh his pen and and uh you know sniffing out the the kids in the car or in the um in the yeah in the vehicle 
yeah. that 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 blend of of 3D um, film uh, filtering, texturing, that sort of thing, mixed in with puppetry, mixed in with just good composition, um, I think is is a great example how you don't have to just lean on one type of medium. You can take little pieces of everything to kind of blend it together. So, so people don't know what's right and what's wrong, you know. Um, with Final Space, it's, you know, we try to do all the extreme shots, all the dynamic shots with the ships in 3D, obviously. But then moments where, like, the ship is is static or it's landed and things like that, that's where we would take out our puppets, our puppets being the uh, um, the traditional art that we hand-draw in uh in photoshop and and whatnot just to kind of and to add more texturing and whatnot so if like you know we see this cool shot of the crimson light flying through space and then it just landed on a planet and then our characters walk out of the um you know walk out of the ship then we can kind of see how things are are blending and changing and, and working together a lot of the times yeah mm-hmm. yeah awesome well um i also asked you know if you know, anybody really thought of anything that could be improved if uh, next season comes up? And there really didn't seem to be any criticism. Um, so, great job for killing it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I feel uh, I felt pretty good about. Uh, I was really really happy with how the last episode came out too, because I think that is where the peak of the show could be. You know, as far as um, technically, all the line weights with the characters and the backgrounds are working yeah. really well with each other. Colors are working great. Animation is is stellar. 3D work is is not really rec- noticeable. You know yeah, stuff like yeah. that. And uh, if we can kind of just keep going in that direction, I think the show is just going to be like be stellar. Yeah. All right. And so here's some quick questions before we go into a break, and then into our live Discord question session. Mm-hmm. So um i made some people submit some questions so um let's see what some some good ones are um somebody asked an interesting question here um Noli me bully um uh, was uh she said as an artist or they said as an artist um who is your most and least favorite character to work on my are oh my favorite character to work on um, your favorite and least favorite which and least favorite so, I would say, yeah, that's a tough one. I'd say my my favorite character to work on. I like. I don't know. I like. I like working with Gary's character a lot. I think yeah. his his character Olin has so much, you know, so much ex- explosive personality. Yeah, yeah. That it's fun to do different, and I think you could see it in the animation. I think the animators also have fun with that. Um, there's so many highs and lows with this hair character um, that make it fun to um, to pose him out and to act and that sort of thing. The same with Lil Cotto too. I think both of those characters are really fun to kind of work with um, because at this point, Olin and you know Steven Yoon are those characters i can't see anybody else playing them yeah you know what i mean at this point because they've done such good performances um and i say my least favorite character to work with is probably bolo (laughs) 
<laughs> I'd say that uh, with all of our designers and stuff like that, I'd say Bolo is probably the most like difficult to work with. Yeah. He's such a high level of detail and so many arms and muscles and things like that that it's just a pain in the butt. We try to, especially in that last episode, in episode uh, 13, 213, we tried to um, supply Jamfield with enough uh, key poses for Bolo. Yeah. To make to make the show more dynamic, the problem we didn't want we didn't want to create just like a th- a turnaround rig, you know, of this character, and then try to manipulate the rig to fit the dynamic shots that the board artists were making. We wanted we wanted each shot to feel traditional in in the sense of just trying to build those poses for Jamfield so they can you know take them convert them to to vector and in harmony and do all the in-betweens that way and just expand on the animation a little bit more making it more dynamic um so a lot of the times in harmony types of shows when you when you take a production turnaround and just say we're going to use this for the majority of the show or for the whole show i just feel like it stiffens a lot of um, the potential of what the show could be, you know, as yeah. far as like the dynamic aspect. But sometimes you can't really get around with get around that. You know, I, I feel like um, animated sitcoms tend to, to to just flow with with that sort of idea of just using the the, the turnarounds of the characters and and rolling out with that, rather than an action adventure show where you've got you know different angles for characters, you know, low shots, high shots. Um, you know, very dynamic um, um, sequences right. that uh, it, sometimes it becomes really tricky to, to do both. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have Arrow asking, uh, when you designed the happy place, um, had you come to a, a consensus on you know, designing the, the conical shape for the, the ship? Um, so I think the idea with, with that was, you know, that was a piece that was done by both myself and, uh, Tommy Scott, who was, you know, one of our, our awesome conceptual artists at the very beginning yeah. that had worked on season one. Cause he, Tommy and, and Brent, definitely were really one of the leaders our leaders for creating the the ship the the ship language mm-hmm. and uh, interior language of the ships for each season for season one and season two although they they only stuck around for uh, a short amount of time at the beginning of the of pre-production on season two we we really got to uh, i love working with those guys and, and we got to really come up with some interesting concepts i think the idea was was more to create like an anomaly um for um for the happy ship like we just wanted it to be more of like a simplistic idea of 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 something that could be creepy on the outside but then on the inside it's it's a it's a complete you know um it's the complete opposite so you're presented, you know, the characters are presented with this really eerie, uh, creepy, sort of simplistic figure, but then when they go in, it, it's it's a it's a 
Willy Wonka-esque uh, world that kind of throws people into a, a different loop. Yeah. And um, we just we just thought of uh, doing like a simple cone shape for the ship could be interesting. Um, I think, you know, I'm a fan of, of, of gaming as well. You know, I get some inspiration yeah. from, from video games um, at the same time. And I was a big fan of, of messing around in um, No Man's Sky. All right, yeah. <laughs> and I know No Man's Sky has like a lot of, you know, just like simplistic. Yeah. But it's not, it's, it's that. And it's also just, uh, um, you know, films like 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, other really high concept uh, sci-fi movies that kind of play with those just very simplistic ideas. Like you look at like um, uh, Independence Day is an example of just simplistic ideas for ships, you know, that um, like the main mothership in in Independence Day is a really cool design, I think. Um, So stuff like that. And you can kind of see um, see sort of those those influences come out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. JD here asks, uh, what would you say was the most challenging but rewarding visual environment or sequence to create? Um, the most challenging environments was probably the Arachnitech um, sequence, which seems kind of simplistic, but it was a little bit challenge. I think the Arachnid Tech design was was really challenging at the beginning, yeah. um, because we had so many different ideas and concepts. And then um, one of our directors had an interesting idea for how she wanted to do the webbing um, in the world, and kind of coming up with what that would look like was was a, a lot of back and forth. And then post production post production. After getting all the animation back from uh, Jamfil, taking a stab at, at highlighting some of those ideas a little bit more, sure. um, I'd say that and uh, the the Darga spaceport was probably yeah some of the most uh, <laughs> tricky tricky ones. But Darga actually came a lot easier because one of one of our um, uh, layout layout artists she she was a She's a you know comic book artist as well, and okay. her her sci-fi work is really really good. So she had a good um, opportunity to kind of dive into some of those ideas um, that were taken from, you know, kind of those Fifth Element, uh, Clone Wars sort of ideas. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, and uh, this will be our, our last question for the main section of the interview. Uh, oh. Emily Rodriguez asks. What was the toughest hurdle to overcome with art direction this season? Um, and she hmm. said it, it's it seemed more epic and cinematic than it was the first season, which was really already great. I don't think you know. I this season was actually way smoother <laughs> than season <laughs> one. So um, I think a lot of the changes that we made um, from season one to season two made things a lot easier on our end um, as far as making the show. You know, I I had a lot of ideas at the end of season one, um, things that I wanted to change with um, certain aspects of the design. So, you know, um, and and I can highlight a couple of those. One was the design of the backgrounds 
all around as a whole. Um, just wanting to make them more dynamic and more detailed than season one. Yeah. And also play with shadows a little bit more just to, to, to bring a, a darker kind of undertone with uh, uh, the whole environment that the, the characters would be kind of living in for the most part. So the interior of the Crimson Light has a, a, a very dark undertone because of the dynamic nature of the ship's age and uh, the type of sci-fi that we wanted to tell, you know, be a little yeah. bit grittier, a little bit darker with this stuff. Um, the other thing was making some adjustments to the characters' model models to to make them a little bit more dynamic and feel more fleshed out. So um, one would be the uh, before in season one, uh, the characters' heads feel felt more detached from the bodies uh, because of how the um, the jawline was designed to go um, all the way around from ear to ear. Yeah. And uh, whereas I wanted to make the characters feel a little bit more whole and less um, detached by removing that um, line that attached the, the chin to the lower earlobe, making the characters feel a little bit more whole yeah. and, and, and less uh, broken apart. So that was something that was a, transitionally, it was hard, I think, um, because you're basically having to redesign the pipeline of the show. So the pipeline in season one was was designed that way to have the characters to look that way. But then if you make little adjustments to the rigs like that, then that's that's a big change over um, from season to season. So you'll you'll notice in I think the first couple episodes that that trend we kind of transitioned into that a little bit slowly um, rather than um, do it right right away just because of how schedules and, and budgets and stuff like that work with it. But like I said, at the end of 13, everything came together and all the characters look exactly the way I wanted to. We made, you know, we made the females. Uh, we gave like Quinn and Nightfall more um, feminine bodies because before they were more like noodle arms and noodle legs. And yeah. that just felt like they didn't have a lot of weight to them. So in these sequences, and you'll notice Gary's mom, you know, Gary's mom looks more um, fully fleshed out. She's curvy, that sort of thing. She's her, you know, she's got uh, meat to her legs and arms. So that yeah, when, yeah. when we get into these sequences where she's fighting Nightfall, um, we want to feel like there's actual stakes, you know, being put in actual weight for when they're throwing punches and kicks and, and whatnot. So it doesn't look like it's funny when they're doing it, if they have like noodle arms and noodle legs. Um, I, I think, you know, those choices of whether or not to, to make a character funny or realistic kind of depends on the type of story you want to tell. Yeah. So, so, you know, like Gary's mom's character is more of a realistic drama sense type of character action adventure drama whereas gary you know has some elements of drama and um, emotions and whatnot but for the most part he's he's more uh comic relief and uh, uh fun action guy sure so i think keeping if we were to make gary more 
anatomically correct <laughs> as far as like how we design legs and arms and stuff like that. I don't think a lot of the jokes and charm would would come out of his acting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Whereas someone that's more serious, like Nightfall and Gary's mom, I think it makes more sense to to do more anatomically correct designs, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that was a big change, you know, from season one to season two, was was deciding on what things we were going to step away from that made the the show seem more cartoony. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I got Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna move into the live question session on Discord. All right. Sounds good. All right. All right. We'll be back in just a minute for a special live question session from Discord. All right, uh, so this is happening live. Fans are currently submitting some questions via the official Final Space Discord as Devo and I speak. So let's just start looking at uh, some questions through Discord. All right, so first we have uh, Frank Finstein <laughs> uh, on Discord. Um, what are some of your just general inspirations? Um... So I think some of my general inspirations just for uh, my, I don't know, my, my visual kind of cue of, of deciding what I think is interesting and whatnot is probably one from, from movies, so um, some form of cinema. Uh, I, would, I would say I'm very influenced by a lot of 80s, uh, 90s culture of um, and maybe late seventies as well too, of just uh, that type of um, uh, art that was being created during those decades. And I think the reason for it was there's so much um, exploration that was being go- that was being um, um, created during that time. Whether it's uh, you know eighties pop art to the type of poster art that was being created for bands in the 70s yeah, yeah. um you know films that were that were being uh taking chances and 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 creating some of the most uh uh ins- inspirational moments in cinema you know i'm i'm a huge john carpenter fan okay. when it comes down to it and i know ben Bajelajack is too so we 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 get along with some of that stuff um, when it comes down to it, but you know, it's it's things like that, like uh, um, uh, you know, horror horror films, uh, action adventure, you know, Jurassic Park, <laughs> anything yeah. dinosaur related. Uh, I was always super into. Um, and of course, you I, had your your Dino Riders this season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I I I just it's got to happen. You know, one day someone's going to ask me, "Hey, Devo, we know you're a huge fan of Dino Riders. We want you to um, take Dino Riders and turn it into something that you feel would be amazing and awesome." And uh, I would love for that day to happen. That would probably be the one thing that would I would reboot in my life. <laughs> yeah. I I really hate reboot culture. And, uh, but 
at the same time, I'm, you know, contradicting myself because I do <laughs> like that show a lot and would would love to see a revamp of it. So I'm very hypocritical when it comes when it comes down to it. Um, you know, the other inspirations would have to be, you know, uh, comic art, too, because I I really wanted to be a comic book artist before getting into animation. And uh, I liked a lot of like 90s comic art, which is really weird to say, because I, I know people would probably um, poo-poo the, the 90s art. Uh, but yeah. I, thought, I thought a lot of the, the late 90s digital art that was being created was, was interesting um, when they were making that transition from uh, traditional media to uh, digital media. I, I always love evolution in art. So any, anything that kind of brings like a new tool or a new sort of way to express an idea uh, is always interesting to me. Very nice, yeah. And uh, all right, I think we have another one. Um, Bring it down. All right. Got uh, Gary is my sweetheart asking, uh, what is your favorite design uh, from the show? I guess the season. From season two. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh, that's a that's a that's a good question um, because there's a lot of things that I like about season two that we've done. Um, probably a lot of the stuff in episode nine is really cool. Episode four um, is really good. I I think if I had to pick a singular design was I was really happy with how the crimson light um turned out yeah. really happy with that and probably ash's design too i was really happy how, how her design came out because ash's design has a lot of dino writer influence to it <laughs> all right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah y'all did a the exceptional job and i mean those two episodes i think were the top two that popped up in all of the questionnaires um yeah i mean if it was down to, to ben uh olin you know um and the rest of us, we'd probably want to do a whole season just like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would love to do that. I, I like to go darker with this stuff. So Yeah, and there's there's been some hints that next season's going to be a little darker. Um, I mean, I think... Well, Olin is so excited to go darker with, with yeah. <laughs> the rest of the Yeah, season. I mean, well, I mean, just with the whole, you know, Invictus tease from the, the social media posts, I think it's has been a real nice tease for you know what this next season could be with the uh kind of dark theme to it yeah i mean you know we we definitely have a really good opportunity to do something fresh and different and i think uh leaning into those those uh episodes that really kind of portray what what the show could potentially be you know in in the future i think is is a really good um, sign. Yeah. Well, uh, I know we unfortunately had to move this this live session around a little bit, so it doesn't look like we have a, a whole lot of people joining us. But uh, oh yeah. no, it's it's cool. I I understand. It's it's all this last minute, you know, moving and shaking. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> having to make sure that uh, uh, we can get this done at a certain uh, pr appropriate time. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, we got a couple of questions in. I know uh, we got some from 
the uh, the main portion of the interview. But uh, thank you so much. It's been really incredible talking with you, and uh, really hope to see you again on Into Final Space. And uh, really looking forward to what's coming up next on Final Space. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Gabe. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining me. All right. Huge thanks to Devo for joining me on today's show. Be sure to follow him on Instagram and Twitter to keep up with his work. Season 2 in Review continues next week with our next returning guest, Miss Shelby Mary, one of the lovely composers on Final Space, here to discuss the music from this season. And then after that, our brand new guest, executive producer David Sachs, will be here to talk about Season 1 and Season 2, so that should be very, very exciting. Um... More stuff than ever is coming to Into Final Space. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Into Final Space. Uh, join the Final Space fans group on Facebook. Come chat on the Into Final Space channel on the Final Space Discord. And as always, join us on Reddit. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening to Into Final Space, and I'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.